Howie, Howie. The opportunity to share your truth, your knowledge and your wisdom that you've shared with me. You blessed me in this. The opportunity that you have given to me by giving me this opportunity to share by way of podcasting <laughs> that I did never think it would be possible. But Father God, just like I said, if you think it's a good thing, then you'll make it happen because I couldn't figure it out. And you did, Father. You brought it to me so that I can bring your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to others. Bless others with that that you have blessed me with. Abba Yahweh, thank you so much. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Paraklitos, Aman. So, I'm back again. <laughs> um, I've just had some things have been going through my mind and, and once in a while I have my, um, on my playlist, I have contemporary Christian music. And I've shared names and artists with you. And again, let me remind you, and this is because I am doing this by way of this technology that there are Individuals that may not have heard what I shared before uh, may just be tuning in for the first time. So, yeah, it might be redundant to some, but bear with it. Um, I, I'm not sponsored. I don't get paid for sharing what I share. I don't get paid to do it. Um, if I was getting sponsorship, you'd have commercials and interruptions and so forth and so on. And this is a gift that God shared with me and given me the opportunity and blessed me to share with y'all. So that's the way it is. Gift. Gifts are free. We have we have distorted and perverted gift giving to an nth degree in that there are some individuals, not, not everyone, but there are many individuals that um, when they give a gift... They expect to get a gift. Um, and if they don't, then they get pushed out of shape and they get really agitated. And then all of a sudden, then, then you won't hear from them for years and years and years and years. And, and um, it's become a very expectant thing that, that you get gifts for holidays. And there are things that just take place and... It's not always possible. Um, however, God's gifts are free. This was freely given him and he made it happen. So I will not take sponsorship payment for any of the podcasting that I do. I will not do so. And if it sounds like a commercial or a sponsor, because... The songs are really good and they're very important. Um, and to me, there's, there's a lot of it comes straight from scripture. Um, so 
I'm really hoping that you would not just hear what I'm saying, but listen to what I'm telling you. Listen to what I'm telling you. And remember, I've shared that with you before. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Profound difference. So this is a song by a a contemporary Christian group. And they've done several of them, but I I think it's really... Holy Spirit is just kind of getting me to focus on this little bit that I was going to share. And then he just uh, tapped on my housing up there and, and how it is actually tuning in and aligning with what I've been sharing with you about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and the winds and how the Holy Spirit is described and the Spirit of God is described most everywhere in the Bible that you read or hear about this, the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. Um, Paracletos, the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, a Greek term, by the way, a Greek word, and what it means is... um, Literally translated, it means to walk beside or come alongside. That, in speaking just about the Holy Spirit, in and of itself is just a mighty, mighty... He guides us by walking with us. Now you'll get some people that will guide you and they'll give you directions on a map or point you out and then you're on your own. There you go. Remember what God tells us? He will never leave us nor forsake us. The Spirit of God is a Holy Spirit. Paracletos comes and walks alongside, guides us. And when it need be, there's a detour in the road, we need to take it, and we have to be and faithfully believe that the detour is the road. There's a reason for it. I've shared you shared with you that pretty intense incident that took place on the roadway and at first kind of griping about the fact that I had to kind of circumvent roadway and find a long way around, and by the time I got around to where I needed to be. Everything was okay. I was getting through the backed up traffic there, but still had to wait. And then it got to the bridge that I cross all the time. It was a deplorable mess. And it had most recently happened. And had I been there without a detour, without all that happening... I would have been right in the middle of all of that. So there was road construction things going on and and you had to take turns to get around that. But in the midst of that, there were some inpatient drivers and they couldn't deal with it and caused a huge 
incident, vehicular incident that took place on the bridge. And the reason I call it incident and I don't use the term accident is because an accident would imply that it was just beyond anyone's control. No, this was not beyond anyone's control. You had inpatient um, imbecilic attitudes and they were in a hurry, they were in a rush, they didn't want to wait for anything. And the causation was that. And cars collided. It was not pretty. It was not good. And had I gone and pursued the normal routing and didn't, uh, and honestly was getting a little impatient myself and I didn't want to go straight and was going to try to circle around and get around the other side, but it was, it was really bad. Had I gotten through over there and continued pushing through the process, I would have been right smack in the middle of what took place. And who knows what would have happened. I carry passengers. God was keeping me safe. He was keeping them safe. And he took us. The Holy Spirit was walking beside, or in this case, driving. And I bring this up because... As I shared with you, the, the wind and the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about it that way. The Holy Spirit comes and walks beside us and it, it's that breath from God that breathes into my lungs every morning, getting me up for the day and whatever's going to take place during the course of that day. He already knows the day is his. But I want to share this song with you because it is exactly how many of us are during the course of our day. It is exactly how we are and what we do. And this is in a that group I said, it's called Need to Breathe. Thank you, Father, for your breath in my lungs. Thank you, Father. So, the song is this. And I've got the lyrics. I'm going to share them with you because I think it's very pertinent to our walk in life, to the way many of us go through life, act in life, and the way that the devil plays in our minds. And the very first thing is white lies and desperation. Hard times and conversations. No one should ever love me like you do. And I'm going to pause here and I'm going to go back in because there are a lot of folks that think it's okay that, that white lies are okay. And I've shared this before. But the Bible tells us that a lie is an abomination to the Father. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. There is no little white lie, uh, the coloring of truth. Um, you know, well, it depends on the spin you put on it. No, it doesn't depend on anything. If you're not telling the truth, you're a liar. And it is an abomination to Abba Yahweh, their Heavenly Father. Period. Period. 
If you're not telling the truth, it's a lie, and there is no little white lie. And here's how, here's how folks try to justify the little white lie is okay. So they teach a child that they shouldn't tell the truth because it could hurt somebody's feelings. So if you tell a little white lie in that case, then it's okay. But I've shared with you the analogy this way. And I'll do it again. So you have a man and a wife who lie to each other, little white lies, because they're trying to spare their feelings. They, they love each other, but they don't want to tell the truth because they're afraid that it's going to hurt their feelings. But the reality of it is that the truth should have been told, period. So they decide that a little white lie to one another is going to be okay. Because he didn't want to tell his wife that that new dress she just spent a small fortune on did indeed make her look like did make her look like she was wearing a circus tent. But he didn't want to tell her that. Um, I was just trying to run through my mind. I can remember what. Um, there was a saying that my mother used to used to have, and I guess she got it from grandma or something, but somebody, somebody, the tent maker, the somebody, something's tent, I don't I can't remember. But anyway, sorry, got sidetracked. But um, so he didn't tell her that it did indeed make her look like she was wearing a circus tent. Didn't want to tell her that because it would hurt her feelings. And she would have spent all that money on something that she shouldn't have been wearing anyway. But he didn't tell her that. So being the loving husband and that he is or was, uh, he didn't tell her. Now, she didn't tell him that those swank chicos or whatever they call them, I, I can't remember, they used to have a term for them, the, uh, the uh, dockers or something, I can't remember. But they were a certain kind of pants. But she didn't tell him that it made his butt look really large. Oh, excuse me. Was that offensive? I'm sorry. Uh, the derriere or the rear caboose or however you want to put it. But she didn't tell him that his butt looked really large. So she didn't want to tell him that because that would have hurt his feelings. So he did. She did. So they go out on the town for the evening. The state night. She finds out from her friends, who she's known for many, many years, even before she got married to Joe Blow, and uh, Mrs. Blow had known them for a lot longer. Oh, they got in the bathroom and they go, oh my gosh, why are you wearing that hideous dress? And she said, what are you talking about? Joe told me that it makes me look pretty. It's flattering. Oh, darling, no, no, no. And all six of her friends, and I don't know why women do this, but when they go to the restroom, they have to go and the, they have to mob in. So she's got six friends that are in there with her and they're just in there. I don't, I don't know why women do that. Guys don't do that. I don't think. None of the guys I used to go around with ever did that. But anyway, so they're telling her the truth. They're saying, oh, no, darling, 
<laughs> it makes you look like you're you're wearing a circus tent. It is not flattering. It's horrible, hideous. Why did you? Why did he buy that for you? Well, he didn't buy it. She did, but she didn't tell them that, and she didn't worry about that. She just was upset with the fact that he lied to her, and now she's mad. So she's storming out. And uh, while they're in there telling her the truth, his buddies are there and he takes a moment and he goes up to the, gets more soft drinks or beers or whatever they're having. And, and he's up there. And then one of the guys comes up to the table and says, Joe, man, what are you doing with those pants? <laughs> those trousers are terrible. He goes, what are you talking about? He said, let me tell you what, man, it makes your it makes your butt look like a train caboose. It makes your backside huge, brother. Why are you wearing those? I said, what are you talking about? My wife didn't say anything. He said, did she buy them for you? He said, no, I bought them. Brother, I hope you carried your receipt. You should take them back. So now he's upset because she lied to him and she's upset because he lied to her to spare each other's feelings. But then they got the truth told to him and she goes storming out, slamming out the door of the restaurant and of course drawing attention because now everybody's looking and he grabs her coat from the back of the chair and tries to run after her and she doesn't even want to talk to him. She isn't even going to the parking lot to get the car. She's at the curb and she's going to take a cab home. Well, of course, they have an argument in the middle of the street or on the sidewalk anyway. And they're fussing because he lied to her and she lied to him and she tried to blame him for lying to her and, and, and he's telling her that she lied to him and she said, well, you know, you lied first. Well, you lied too, and you lied more, and then it goes back and forth and back and forth and round and round. A lie is a lie, period. And there is no gain. And here's the other thing too. You have to remember that if you get them to lie once, they're going to lie twice. And many times if you tell a lie, you've got to tell another lie to clean up that lie or to cover for that lie, and then you have to continue down that road. It's not a good road, and most of the time it's really bumpy, and it's not good for the shocks. Because occasionally you're going to get a real big shock. A lie is a lie, period. And a lot of times, as in this case with the lyrics of this song, white lies and desperation... You didn't know what to tell her. She had got that. They're getting ready to go out on the town for dinner with all their friends. Kind of a desperate time. He didn't know what to tell her. She would have been upset there and she went to buy it because didn't think she had anything. Hard times and conversations. No one should ever love me like you do. 
Sometimes my bad decisions define my false suspicions, and no one should ever like me like you do. Love me like you do. Well, see that is that white noise of Satan, and he convinces you that you have allowed that those bad decisions are a definition of your false suspicions that are unfounded most of the time anyway. Hence the word, false suspicions. Where do those come from? From the liar himself. False evidence appearing real coming from Satan. His name is fear. He is also called liar. And that's what he does best. He lies deceives, robs, steals. Now see, when Jesus talked about him coming in for the thief breaks in to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus isn't talking about physicality there, brothers and sisters. He's not talking about here comes the devil right now. He's kicking in my back door in the backyard. My service dogs are hiding under the blankets and he's coming over here to kill me at my desk while I'm studying and sharing. That's not what Jesus is talking about. What he's talking about is Satan coming in and he gets our minds working in this, just like what they're singing about here in, in this musical group. that my false suspicions and no one should ever love me like you do. But here's God. While I'm on this road, you take... Sorry. I'm, no, I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm just... Um, pardon me, but I'm just getting... The emotions are welling up because this is God. <laughs> His hereness is here. It's it's with me now, and and this presence that is here with me now is so overwhelming. Sometimes it comes out, at least. But hear what I'm not only hearing what I'm speaking, but listen to the words. While I'm on this road, you take my hand, and somehow you really love who I really am. Somehow, because in our finite minds, we cannot figure out how it is that God loves me so. And remember John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves us so much. Somehow you really love who I really am. He knows who we're broken. He knows we're scarred. But the character of our hearts, what he's looking at. When I use the example of David, and then you have individual, and I've actually heard him say this, they're going to have to explain to God why they made this comment, and they're going to need to apologize. And if they didn't repent for it, well, he's going to ask them about it, I can guarantee it. They don't understand how God could possibly call David a man after his own heart because of all those things that David did. Well, see, they're looking at what David looked. God looked at the character of his heart. And David know, David fell. He knew David fell. 
But the thing of it is that David also worshiped God. He pleaded forgiveness. God forgave him. He repented for what he'd done. There was remorse, the conviction of the Holy Spirit in his heart, and he came to God for forgiveness and repentance. But one of the most egregious things that, and everybody wants to throw this up about David, Uriah, and taking his wife. God told David, one of the biggest things that David wanted to do to honor God was to build the temple, a place for his tabernacle, the gathering place for the people. <clears throat> and God plainly told me, he said, David, you will not build the temple. I will not allow that. And he reminded him through one of his prophets exactly why. David didn't argue, he didn't get mad, he didn't stomp around like a spoiled child and stomp his feet and get all pissy and moany about it. He, he knew what he'd done and repented for it. But God being the heavenly father and the good father he is, he said, you're not going to be allowed to build the temple. He said, I know that that's what you really wanted to do. And I know that you did that to honor me. He said, but I, I, you can't. And you won't. Your son will build the temple. That I will allow. And Solomon did build the temple. So, as we continue, God loves David. God loved David and continued. called him a man after my own heart. Further I share, I push you away. Still, you won't let go. You grow your roses on my barren soil. Brothers and sisters, many of us feel that way. We do push God away. When God has had his greatest distance or what we think is his greatest distance or what we perceive that, it's because we have turned our back on him. Look at what's going on in this nation. This very nation where we live used to be one nation under God. And the forefathers established it to be that. We've turned our backs on the Lord God Almighty. Yes, we have. And I plead the case for our churches to get back into this that we used to do. I've shared with you, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, I can't remember, I'm an old guy, remember? But I can remember as a young young boy even, and I remember Billy Graham. Uh, you know, and I can't remember though, if he was the White House chaplain, or if he just got invited a lot. But it seemed like he was there a lot. 
which is a good place for him to be and a good place for any government that is a good, sturdy, strong government should have pastors and ministers and coming to the White House and praying for those that work there and for the Congress. And I can remember that when they started televising congressional sessions, they first started in prayer. Then they would say the Pledge of Allegiance and then they weren't about business. It doesn't happen anymore. They just go in and all they do is fuss and fight and argue back and forth. You hear these accusations and all these, and they're just having testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. And then you have the people are claiming to have all these documentations and all this proof that all this stuff is going on. And yet nothing happens. But we have turned our backs on God, but he still loves and he still desires that we repent. And remember, I've shared this with you before, the turning point, that we come to that turning point to where we can make a complete turnaround and repent. Remember, the word repentance simply means change direction or turn around. And I love that my mentor uh, shares this. Um, he shares his, his uh, material that he sends to me. And it's called a turning point. And brother and sister, you can, you, can, you can get a turning point all the time. Even as a Christian, you can get a turning point and you need to alter the direction. And that could very well be the guidance of the Holy Spirit taking you a different direction than what you've been doing. And you've reached a turning point. It just means that you're not on that path. But the faith that you have is that that turn you made is indeed the road you should be on. That's what's important. So the question that they sing continues, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to be loved by you, God? Who am I? Last night, confidence was shaken. My wounds and my past were saying, no one should ever love me like you do. Again, that white noise of inference with what we did and what we were and how we were, but here's the important thing, how we were before he died for us. And his blood has washed us and made us clean. Never forget that while we're on this road, he takes our hand. And that he does really love who I really am. But we seem to always find a reason to push him away. And he won't let go. He's in a hot pursuit. Like Jesus shared, he's a good shepherd. He will leave the flock and come for the number 99. Or he'll leave the 99 and come for the one because he is a good shepherd. That's our Lord. And he loves us. Indeed, he does. 
He loves who I really am. And the important thing is that many forget is that he knows who I really am. He knows who each and every single one of us are. And he loves us still. And this last part of the song is kind of interesting. I get a little chuckle out of it because truthfully, it doesn't matter to God. But in our perception, the way I put you through it and what you had to see, I'm an absolute train wreck. I'm a mess. You see the best and the worst of me. And I can't even imagine that I've earned your trust. I don't understand where your love comes from. Who am I? Who am I to be loved by you? Well, the answer to that question is relatively simple, actually. Because if you are... a true Christian, if you are not a label head and you are a true believer, then you are a child of God, an adopted child, you are an heir, a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven. And he has invited anyone to come to that realization. You have to come to that. You have to come to that realization because that is indeed what we are. And repentance gets you there. It isn't anything that we do. It is by his grace. It's freely given. Nothing that we can possibly do. Nothing that we ever possibly did has earned us. The sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And there's some people that, oh, I'm a goody, goody two-shoes, yada, yada, yada. Says you and maybe a few other people around you that you remind them of that constantly and they're starting to buy it because they hear you say it so often. Back in my younger days, we used to call that tooting your own horn. So you blast your horn to make sure that everybody sees you, first of all. And then as you go by, you make sure that you're telling everybody what a good person you are and how great you are. But you know, the only problem with that is that the first slip up you make, ooh, condemnation comes.
And it's important that we know that God is there, God is real, God is true, and God is love. Nothing we can do, like in the verse of that song, you can't figure out, who am I to be loved by you, God? I am a child of God, a child of the King. The Lord, creator of all things made, has given me a chance to repent for all that I've done and that I can be in heaven with my loved ones, that I can spend eternal time with him, with Jesus, with all. My goodness gracious, this, this book, all these individuals, all these godly individuals that are written of in this book, gonna be able to see them. We'll be able to communicate with them. We're all gonna sit down at this massive, massive tables and dine together. I'm pausing here because I'm just trying to reflect on that a little bit. It's powerful, brothers and sisters, it's absolutely powerful. And for me, it's mind boggling. So I don't even try to figure it out. However, there are many that do. Well, how can that possibly be? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can't be three and still be one. What do you mean he left heaven and came down here and died on the cross for everybody? How can that be? God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there is no amount of factual figuring on this plane of existence where you will be able to take these things and they're only facts as far as our mind is concerned. You can't reason with it. You can't even figure out the expanse and the depth of his love. Brothers and sisters, I've talked with... <laughs> I've talked with astrologers before. Astronomers. Sorry. Astrological signs, astrologers are those that read all that mumbo jumbo and they make up all these signs and things for people to, okay, for this month you have to have this astrological sign and then you do this and you cut off so many heads of so many chickens and everything's going to be good to go. Astronomers are those who study space. I've, I've spoken with them, I've talked with them, and we have talked and discussed about theories and they can't figure out a lot of things that are going on out there. And these are supposed to be genius minds. But they can't figure that stuff out. They can't figure that out. How are they at all going to figure out God and heaven and what he talks about in the Bible. 
they can't possibly figure they can't figure out things that are happening around them, and they have scientific equations they're supposedly being able to figure them out, but they can't. See, I have a problem with some of these things that they do. They can't figure out all these sicknesses and illnesses that are on the earth, but yet they have all this stuff going on out in space that they allegedly have going on out in the space station, and they get us to pay multi-billions of dollars to get these folks to go up to the space station. I don't even know if they're even doing that anymore, but they used to go up there to do all these scientific experiments to see what kind of diseases they can get rid of. And you know, here's the funniest thing. All these things that they had to spend all this money on that supposedly had been eradicated, kind of funny, but they're starting to materialize again. Typhus, tuberculosis, plague. <laughs> all these things that all these scientists supposedly figured out how to get rid of, they're starting to be found again. They're materializing again. Interesting. I find it fascinating myself. I find it interesting. And yet they're going to try to tell us, tell me, they're not telling me anything because I don't care. You've heard me say that often enough. I don't care. And I don't. I don't care what they can tell me. They can tell me anything they want. They can sing about it all day long. I don't care. And I don't care. Because I know what the truth is. And the truth has set me free. John talks about that. And what is the truth? The truth is Jesus Christ, the word of God. And as John shares with us, who the son sets free is free indeed. Jesus set me free. He is truth. He is the word of God. He is the truth. And he was with God. He was in God, with God. From the beginning, manifest, made flesh, and came here and died for me. And as Hebrews 11 shares with us, now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. So my faith is a substance that when I get to heaven, and my hope, my faith tells me that when I get there, the angel's gonna be there and I'm gonna be able to peer in through the gate and I'm gonna see in the distance, there's my father. And he's gonna greet me. I'm gonna hear him say, welcome home. My good faithful son, welcome home. And sisters, that's what I want to happen. But here, let me share this with you too. At the same time, there's this great fear, but I don't think that I, no, I not, I, let me rephrase it. 
it's not going to happen to me because I won't let it happen to me. And I pray the Holy Spirit to keep my strength up. And that I will not arrive and be met at the gate by angels that won't let me come in. And then the Lord is going to be because they signal him to come over and here comes Jesus. And he's going to look and say, I never knew you. Depart and be gone. Oh my goodness. Will that be... Brother and sister, that's not going to happen. If you maintain your faith in God and be a true Christian and not a label head and not a self-proclaimed Christian, you must practice the truths that you find in the word of God. If you are going to speak the the talk, then you must walk that walk. And that walk, remember I shared with you that the word parakletos comes from the Greek and it there's it translates to walk beside, but the, the word means to come beside. So the Holy Spirit comes up. He walks beside. And he guides. And he guides by walking with us. Not by pulling out a road map and pulling out this thing and saying, okay, so you're going to go down here and you're going to go down about half a mile here then you're going to turn left and then you're going to have to turn right and then you're going to go around the city two times and you're going to go over here and down and get a boat and doesn't give directions like that. The Holy Spirit does not leave nor forsake because the Holy Spirit comes from God. And what did God tell us? I will not leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit is with us, period. Period. So, Who am I to be loved by you? Father God, I am your child. You made me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knew me from the beginning. You sang over me before I came. You sent me here. You had a plan. You have a plan. I'm in your plan, Father, you and I have a covenant. I signed your contract, it was blank, but I signed it because you are truth, knowledge, and wisdom, and you give that and share that with me. It doesn't matter that it was blank, I don't care. And I've shared that with you before, brothers and sisters, so I'm not babbling something that you haven't heard from me already. I signed a blank contract because this is Father, God, the maker of all things made. It doesn't matter what he says or what he does. And he may change it tomorrow or the next five minutes. Doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. He's my God. But more importantly than that, he's my heavenly father. Brothers and sisters, I share this with you to give you an opportunity. And it's a very easy thing to do. 
I've shared with you before. You simply say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my life, change my life, change my heart. I believe that you came and you died for me. You came here to this plane of existence for me. I want to have faith in God and I want the Holy Spirit to guide my life, to guide my steps. Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's all there is to it. You could have done that as I was doing it. You could find somebody at work that you want to have do that with you. Take some time at work or during the course of your day and do that thing. Easily done. Easily done. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers on my going out and my coming in. Be blessed.